What's going on, everybody? Man, oh man, I have had the most... I've had a struggle these last five minutes. I'm over here. First of all, let me introduce myself for those of you who are just listening for the very first time. And for those of you who listen to me all the time, well, you already know what my name is. But my name is Jorge Aquino, and you are listening to Tormenting Tarmac. It's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Tonight, you go ahead and find me... um, just north of Tempe, just south of Scottsdale. But interestingly enough, and my guess I'm going to introduce him into us in, in just a second. By the time that you record, you're listening to this, this will have been a few weeks after what I'm about to mention has happened. But hilariously enough, Taylor Swift is in town and she's opening up her tour, The I believe it's called the Eras Tour. And uh, so that's happening at State Farm in Glendale. I came to find out today that for just this these next few days glendale has officially changed its name to i kid you not swift city okay what the fuck (laughs) i know listen shout out to taylor swift swift city swift city i i felt that that was very odd too so i feel the need to introduce where we are being we are east of swift city here in tempe i am at prism auto design and I am hanging out with Nick Kingsley. Your boy Kingsley, right over here. What's up, brother? Doing good. Absolute pleasure to have Killing. you on the podcast. Um, let's see. How do I... Let's see. Nick is an automotive enthusiast. Nick is very outspoken. Nick likes his JDMs and his Lambos. Uh, Nick calls it like he sees it. Nick is a good dude. And because of all those reasonings... I was like, well, I want Nick to come on the podcast because we've become A, friends, B, I think he's got a lot of wisdom to him, you know, put out to the people, and C, this is uh, what podca- what this podcast was always based on, was to go ahead and share the thoughts of the what I believe to be the regular car enthusiast that represents the Phoenician area, right? So, thank you for coming on. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's great. absolute pleasure. Um, Cody had me. Yeah. He introduced me to you. I come from Cody, right? Right, right. Like, I followed him before I graduated high school. Oh, really? I remember when that motherfucker had twelve hundred followers, bro. And he was getting pictures, and like him and Nikaila, Nikaila had like I think it was like a pink Genesis. Oh, okay. Or some shit. I think he told me about that. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was like the car was a piece of shit, but it was, and it was like it was like a salvage title or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like seeing where it's like. You know, I remember them, like, again, I, it was, Cody was, like, again, 1,200 followers, and I was like, cool, and now it's like, I look at his page, and I'm like, you're almost at 50, dog. Like, he's he's worked shit. his ass off to oh, get yeah. there. And then, like, he'll, you'll see him, no, you just, I got these film photos, like, dude, that's, that's an Apollo IE, you shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? You it's know? crazy. It's crazy. No, but shout out to Cody. Cody's become a good friend of this podcast, and, um, you know, every single time I see those numbers go up, I'm like, man. That's that's incredible, and and he it's well earned, and he meets new people all the time. Not because he's just uh, somebody who sits on his ass and does nothing. It's because he, you know, he, he he knows how to talk to people, and he's genuine. He's genuine, and I think that's the key component to being able to go ahead and survive in this modern car culture is being a genuine human being, yeah, and whatnot, uh... and uh, yeah. Dude, modern car culture fucking sucks. Mm. Like, all 100%, like, right off the bat. Like, okay, well, here we're there. Let's do it. What's up? Dude, it, it, 
it's just so toxic and shitty and mm-hmm. you have to like dig through like 20 feet of mud to find like even halfway decent ground to stand on it's like you know you got all this clout and all this instagram you see people to like oh you know look at look at this look at me next to this uber rare like look at what i have and look at do this and then it's like as somebody who kind of like you know i graduated in 2018 so it's like through high school was like cool like you know i kind of caught like just as instagram was starting to become more mainstream in junior high and then just kind of following up like i guess you could say the modern car culture with social media and all that stuff it's like it's not what you see on your phone like if you're not in the industry like it's it's dog eat dog like they're shitty people. They will take advantage of you. You realize that all these people who you look up to are idols. Or like ninety percent of them are assholes. Hmm. You know, and it's like now there's there's a lot of great things about modern car culture too. But it's again, it's like you see it and you're like, oh wow, these people look so happy. They got these cars and these sponsors and they do all these crazy things. And then it's like once you get to actually meet those people, you're like, you're not about helping people. You don't. You don't care about the cars. You just care to get your image around and find the next supermodel who's like just turned eighteen, hook up with her for a little bit, and it's all about the, the public image, the ego, the persona, right? It's that whole gold rush, like oh look at us, we got this custom Ferrari we built, blah blah blah. You know, it's it's the same shit every day, and mm-hmm. so it's like to go through it, and it's like you know I want to be like that, you know, and it's you finally start to get in with these guys, and it's. Again, you meet them, and you're like, oh, you know, I want to be just like you. I want to, you know, I want to have the cars. I want to have the friends. I want people to respect me publicly and do all that. And then you realize it's all fake. It's all, it's all a lie. <clears throat> you know, it's as somebody who's went into a spot that is very focalized and like, you know, you're gonna build these custom exotics, and we're gonna do all this shit, and we work great with Gold Rush and all this. And then it's like, again, seeing it on the inside, you're just like what the hell this isn't what I signed up I didn't sign up to you know it's like I just want to be happy and build cars and enjoy my time with people and you know be a good dude mm. and it's it's not that mm. now again again there's pluses and positives right yeah I went through some of I'd say the darkest times of my life in all, from all of this right from going from creative bespoke to dealing with a bunch of bullshit and drama from people there who just again wanted the ego mm-hmm and you fall down this rabbit hole of, okay, cool, you quit because you got somebody hired there and you stuck your neck out for everything and put your head on the chopping block every time when it should have been them. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, they're talking shit behind your back and eventually you get to the point where work, home life, everything else is just, you, you had to give somewhere, so you say, I'm, I'm quitting this place. Right. Then you have to deal with the public side of things, which is, oh, you used to work there, why don't you work there anymore? Oh, well, so-and-so says you're a shitty worker, so I'm not going to hire you. And it's, again, going through it is it's, you'll go from what you think is, on a screen anyways, you're like, this is where I want to be, to realizing this is the worst place you could possibly imagine. And then going from a dog-eat-dog kind of like, you better start stabbing people or else they're going to stab you right back kind of thing, right? To being at your lowest low and finding people like Cody, like Johnny, like all these great people when you're, you're having some of the worst times in your life. Mm-hmm. Like a big person who I owe a lot of shit to, and I don't even say this, is Chad, Apex Dream Cars. Shout out to Chad, man. Chad's a... So, 
again, it's like I worked at CV in 2020. Mm-hmm. I didn't work there for very long, but I worked there in, you know, Ryan and Ricky, they're great dudes. Everyone else there is kind of a piece of shit. I don't really, like, it's just like, I'm, I'm sorry, but when I worked there, it was just Ryan and Ricky and sure. everyone else, I was like, I dropped dead. Like, I don't, I don't care, you know? Um, and so, again, it was like, after that, it was like, okay, well, that sucks. And of course, you know, you, you go to all the same events. Right. It's just like, you know, getting kicked out of a friend group in high school or going through some bullshit there. It's like... Can you sit in the same lunchroom with everybody else, knowing that some serious shit went down? Yeah. Or are you gonna, you know, keep on going, right? And then I, I didn't talk to anyone at car. Like I was, I was scared. I was anxious. I was like, I'm waiting for someone to be like, Oh, you used to work here. You fucking idiot. You're a piece of shit. Because that's some shit I was dealing with, where people were like, Oh, so and so says you're a piece of shit. It's like, well, what the fuck did I do? Mm-hmm. I didn't do shit. And then again, it was, you know, I talked to Chad and. You know, Chad introduced me to people like Jordan and a couple other people, and then eventually I met JC, Johnny, and so he was having a rough time too, and I was just like, okay, you know, this kind of sucks, and he's like, I don't know what to do, and I was like, oh, well, you know, meet Cody. Cody seems like a cool guy. He seems like he understands, and he's he knows what he's doing, right? He's like, cool, right? And then I meet Cody, and then eventually he meet Cody, and then it's like, cool, and then Cody's a great dude, and then... You realize that after you get through all this mud and all this dirt and all this negativity and all this bullshit, mm-hmm. there are good people here. Mm-hmm. You just have to go through a lot of shit to get to it, which sucks. You know, and it's sure. it's not like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's more of like a firm handshake. But like, it's still like, again, you go through all this negativity, you can find good in it. But I'd say for 90% of people out here, if you're not like 100% like a car dude through and through, mm-hmm. There's a very real chance you'll get on the negative side of it and you won't enjoy it. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to follow up with what you just said, you know. But I, I can understand it, and it's and it's your personal journey, of course, oh, yeah, and, it's, and it's, right. Yeah. And so that that that's something that I want to go ahead and make sure. But at the same time, TT has always been that place that I want to go ahead and give a platform to, because. You know, what we try to do on Tormenting Tormek is be the positive outlet within the car community, within the car culture. And we haven't been at it for very long, and I, and I, and I understand that, but I do take pride in it. And, and, uh, and I am happy to say that we have been, what we have been trying to achieve, I say we, but yeah, as a collective with the people who do listen to this podcast, which I know that there's many, uh, there's a few of you out there, and I, I'm grateful to you, um, you know, it, it's important to you know not not have the toxicity and be the open outlet of positivity yeah. i know it sounds very cliche and if no, it sounds cringe like, and it's, it's not supposed to know, be it's just like when people like you know how do you become successful the millionaire says work hard you know it's like it sounds cliche sure but there's a reason it's cliche and it, it's because it's true. it's true you know and it's like again these are all my experiences so i'm like i'm kind of grateful that i caught all the negativity parts of it that I did catch yeah because now it really helps you kind of realize you know like oh shit I, I found the good parts of it you know I can distinct and tell and you know that's the great thing is it's like again there's a lot of people who it's like I don't like like I'll be honest there's a lot of people I, I do not like and other people are like oh they're a great dude and mm-hmm. cool there's nothing wrong with that it's just again my experiences make me reflect a certain way on, on things you mm-hmm. know just as it's with cars and with other people in life it's just the way it is so it's 
like you said, like, you know, you try to keep a platform and be very neutral ground and, you know, you, you just do what you do, which is be this positive outlook on the car community, which is, you know, one thing I respected about from listening to it is you always, you give it the same each time, which is just respect, uh, being polite, and it's just honesty with whoever you're talking to. Unless we're talking about Gunther Steiner or Zach Brown, but yes. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't know any of those dudes. So I'm, I'm good. The F1 team principals over at Haas and at McLaren. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and I do. We do our best. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, but you're in a positive place now, you know, and you're really enjoying yourself. And shout out to Danny, who yeah. is allowing us to go ahead and be here tonight a little bit past the time. And Danny, when you listen to this. Thank you very much, and I look forward to having you on at some point yourself. That would be an honor. Um, but I want to go ahead and make sure to go ahead and shout out and discuss where we're at tonight, which is his shop. We're at Prism. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I came over here today, and I, and I didn't know. I kind of had an idea of what to expect. But at the same time, like I, every single time I go to some place where I don't know what to expect, I come in, and I was like, all right then. Yeah. I'm in the right place. I come in and I saw I saw some of the pieces that you guys have outside yeah. made me smile. You, you, you saw the skylines? I saw the skylines. Not one, the, not two, but like four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all his. They're all his. Yeah, yeah. He's got an addiction. He's, yeah. He's so it's a, it had an uh, R, wait, we've got R33. We have got, two R32s. He's got two R32s. One is his daily. One yeah. is like he found it in the sticks in like Oregon for like 10 grand, which he bought it for a steal. And he can, he can flip. Getting it, like, an R32 for 10 grand is like... Magic. I don't even know the exact, like, the R33, I remember he, he showed up to work one day, and he's smiling, and I'm like, oh, God, what the fuck are you smiling about, Danny? And he's like, he's like, so, I just bought this R33, and I got it for a really good price, I need your help. And I was like, what do, what do you need? He's like, can, can I borrow you and your truck to go pick up the engine? It's not in the car. And I was like, fuck it, fine, right? Like, sure. let's do this, right? And of course, it's like it's a 40th anniversary. The car hasn't even been on the road since 2008, right? Yeah. But the inside of it's immaculate. The car's in great shape, and I'm just like, Dan, you got this for that price, and he's like, I got that for that price, and I'm just like, Can you give a little bit of your luck to me? Sure. Like, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's obviously the biggest gem in this entire building, right? Is Danny's bright green, black, red, and rust-colored Miata. Which is, a, right outside of which is right outside. Which is right outside. First thing you see when you walk in. It's it's the most important car in the building, right? <laughs> and it has a giant turbo underneath the hood, and that thing's a death trap to drive. You let me drive it the other day, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, that's not a smile of happiness. That's a smile of nervousness because you know you're about to die. Like, right, right. You know, it's yeah, it's. Welcome to Prison Honors Night. <laughs> well, let's let's let's. Start. What exactly do you guys do over here? Because that's the thing. It's, like you walk in, you see the four skylines out there, and then... it's it's mainly paint and body. You know, <laughs> we can do insurance work. Um, I say we. It's mainly Danny. It's like ninety percent Danny. Yes, yeah. it's his business, yeah. right? Right. You know, it's a lot of custom body work. Like we have Hires FC out there. It's getting the Pandem kit. Shout out to Hire. Which, you know, when we're leaving, I'll show you a couple things. For it's like you know. This is the great and worst thing about my boss, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I joke about it being the worst, but it really is the great. Is It's like being an employee for Danny, right? He wants everything to be 100%, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks as an employee. He's like, oh, cool, I finished it. And then he's like, no, you didn't. You're like, oh, fuck. Right. I got to do it again. And the, it, this is why it's the best thing about Danny is he gets you used to doing the standard of 
I, th- I, th- I don't even know what the shop motto is. I, I think it's something like passionate pursuit of perfection or something. It's something like that, something right? Something BMW would come up with, but I can appreciate very, it very much. Yeah. You know, it's something yeah. you'll see like fade onto the screen at the end of a commercial. Exactly. You know? But it's like, no, the pursuit of perfection, that is Danny. Right. It's like, it could be, you could be paying him 50 bucks or 50 grand. You're going to get the same results and it's perfection. You know, there, there are no if, ands, or buts. It's, mm-hmm. Danny's standard is when it's the right way or get the fuck out. Right. Which... A lot of shops don't do it that way. Sure. You know, it's, yeah, that's, that's the one thing towards whenever I see him do something or we do something at the shop, it's like, no, no, we're going to do it this way. It's like, really? That's a little unorthodox. He's like, but it's the right way. Mm. And that, that's all that matters. I got gotcha. It's done the right way. So you want a custom body kit put on the car? You want a custom paint job? You wrecked your Corolla? Give us a shout. <laughs> you know? I got gotcha. you. Um, I'm curious to know because y- you are a wealth of knowledge, like a wealth of knowledge, and it's not just uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've, yeah. I've been up and down the block once or twice. Yeah, and like you're a pretty young dude too. Years, yeah, yeah, and you're a really young dude. You're younger than than I am in the amount of stuff. Like, actually, I remember having a conversation with you a few w- weeks ago, Nick, and you were like, "Yeah, look up this Lamborghini. I think it was a Lamborghini Pregunta, is what you said." Yeah, yeah. And I'm a Lamborghini admirer, right? I yeah. adore Lamborghini. Even I had no idea what the hell a Lamborghini Pregunta was, and I had to look it up. And it's I, I, I can't remember with a bunch of fancy bits. On exactly. It. Yeah, it was like it was like it was what the Reventone was. Reventone you know, was, was the like, Mercy. Yeah, it was based off a. It was like I think it was like an Italian. It was based off some weird ass fighter jet. Mm-hmm. It's really not the prettiest thing on the planet. No, but it's Lamborghini and it's cool. Yeah, and it was so interesting. And the fact that you went ahead and like brought this up to me, I was like. How the hell does this dude know what a Pregunta is? Like, of course, you know, there's always those, like, random hypercars. Like, uh, you mentioned an Apollo IE, right? Uh, I think someone who is really into exotics will know what an Apollo is. But I'm not 100% certain that every car enthusiast is going to know what an Apollo is. You know? And it's it's now, when I'm getting older, I realize, like, not only, you know, I was born in 99, so I'm very much a product of the 2000s, Mm -hmm. right? Two people are going to be like, oh, you say Apollo IE, so people are going to be like, oh, cool, the new hypercar, it's all over Instagram, it, you know, it, it's everywhere. And the other person's going to be like, dude, that thing's dad in the car world set the Nurburg Lapring record for like three years from like 2007 to 2010. Yeah. That was the dumper to Apollo. Yep. The car was an absolute monster, and they used to be built here in Tempe for a little bit. And I remember the Gumpert Apollo, it's so different from the Apollo IE because the Apollo IE, I think, has... A version of the six and a half liter V twelve from Ferrari's eight twelve. Yeah, which is something that I thought was weird because it's I think it's it's M A G Works or something. It's a yeah. it's like it's a group that came from AMG at Mercedes when yeah. they did the CLK GTRs. So it's like so Gumper or Roland Gumper was the guy who designed the Apollo. Yeah, he did the Audi Quattro rally cars. I was gonna say that's yeah. exactly where it, I was it, going with because the, the original dude, Gumper yeah. was. Audi engined, if yeah, I'm a, it, an Audi engine. It, it was V8. an Audi V8, in it, it was like 2006 at Le Mans, right? They had yeah. a full. Was it the RS4 V8 or was it the the R8 V8? I think it was the R8 V8. I'm not okay. I'm not 100 sure. Because we find, and by the way, for those who are wondering, there are slight differences between those two 4.2 V8s. Yeah. Um, and you you know this much better than I do, but they're not exactly the same. Like they're not even the same block. They just happen to be yeah. the same. They, they're um, the same leader, leaders, the same V8. I think yeah. the V angle is slightly different too. Like it's, it's, 
the only thing they share is the leaders. Yeah. That, that's it, pretty much. But, yeah, so it's like, you know, you have this dude who's cool. He's got a, just like Top Gear said, he's got a funky name, mm-hmm. but he designs a serious car. And it's, you know, he designed those rally cars, and obviously they slave. They're like one of a few people who could get one up on Machia. <laughs> they're the goats, even though they make smart cars now. Um, <laughs> and so he, he designs this car, and again, it comes out, and people are like, well, that thing's ugly. Which yeah. I think it's beautiful. I, I don't know why. I think it's... I think it's a it's a I striking think, car yeah, in I the same way that an AMG well. GT Black Series is a striking yeah. car. Yeah. And so, like, I've always loved the way they looked. And, mm-hmm. you know, more, Motorsport... Forza Motorsport 4 is where I would kind of, like, experiment with cars. Mm-hmm. And they had a Gumford Apollo in that game. Yeah. And I just remember I used to race it, and it used to beat everything, so it would just handle like crazy. And then... You know, obviously, it's a cheat car. That, that's a video game, right? And then you start looking at the real one. You're like, this thing held the lap ring record for a very long time. It didn't just set it; it destroyed the previous car. And it was like Le Mans, like 2007 or 2006. They had a full hybrid car racing 24-hour Le Mans. It finished. I don't. I don't know where it finished, but it's like a full hybrid car out of this tiny little company backed by Volkswagen mm-hmm. in 2006 or seven or eight or whenever it was, like. You know, the Veyron was being made, but that was the most advanced car to me that ever left Volkswagen at that time. It was like, that's a hybrid race car before hybrid race cars were really a thing. Sure. It came before the Laugh. It came before the 918. Yeah. It came before the um, the P1. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and I think, was it? It was a, a six-speed sequential, I believe, that you could get. I, I don't even know, because you, you had options where you could get, it was like, I think one was 550. The next option was 650 horsepower. Yeah, similar the lap, to the Nobles yeah, from yeah. back in the day. You remember and the there's there's one now. I followed the dude on Instagram. He's in Australia. The car's all black. It looks gangster as always, and it's the only one that some guy t- checked the box for like 850 horsepower or whatever it was. Like you you bought the body and you got to choose what went in it. And it was all a variant of the same V8. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's only one that was built like that. And it's in Australia now, and it's absolutely batshit. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a crazy looking car, and people don't realize how light that car is because you look at it and it, 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 if you ever look at a picture of a Gumpert Apollo, it doesn't look very similar to what the IE does. There's a there, there's relatively they're, they're massive differences. Very, yeah, right. It's not even the same company. It's like, not. It, it's, yeah, it's the name, but it's like I've never seen one in person. I know there used to be a company that built them here in Tempe for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they have pretty poor build quality from the shop here in Tempe that used to build them. But it's like, so that company went to liquidation about 2014, 2013, 2014. And then um, the gentleman who bought the company now, uh, he has the Golden Dragon, which is like that fancy color shift one. He's got Mm -hmm. the Agera ML. He's got a SVJ that matches, you know, he bought that company in liquidation. They did the the Gumpert Apollo N, which was the last version. They changed up the taillights and the back end a little bit. And after they released a concept car called the Apollo Arrow, the Apollo Arrow is what they wanted to make, and they were getting ready to actually produce them. The problem is, is they were partnered with AMG, and then they're like, oh, cool, or whatever the group was that partnered with, off with AMG. And so... They're just like, oh, here's our car, like, you know, design us some suspension and some wishbones and shit. And they looked at the car and they're like, dude, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and they, they're like, redesign the entire thing, right? Yeah. And then 
you know, after getting a Ferrari-based V12, I always thought it was AMG because of that partnership they had yeah. for the suspension. It's, and of course, you get this thing that looks like it just smoked meth in the morning and it's going to do <laughs> like 12 laps, right? Yeah. Like, if you thought there was anything that was more extreme and looked like a drug dealer than a P1, it's the Apollo IE. Right. It's just nuts. I've been lucky enough. I've, I think I've seen like, I've seen four or five of them now. I, I've been super blessed to see like That's a lot. almost half of production. That's crazy. Like, I saw the Color Shift one when it was in Phoenix in 2020. I saw the Purple Carbon one, which is their prototype. I saw the Full Carbon one in California twice. Mm-hmm. And then I got to see the Florida car that when it was at the Peterson. So I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Well... You know, we that's 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 some hyper car hyper car talk there, but I am curious to know because, you know. Your passion lies within JDM, uh, but not J, not well, just JDM. You you have a strong, deep, deep, <laughs> deep love for Mazda RX-7s, uh, to the point that you actually yeah. own one. Yeah, and to the point that I think you own one of the cooler ones. That we have in this city. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, it's down for the count at the moment, but it is still a very, very dope car. Don't so before me. we go, we, before I talk to you about the RX-7, I am curious to know what got you into cars to begin with. Because you talked about how you were a kid and stuff like that. You and I had a great conversation before we even... Okay, spoiler alert. We I've been here for almost two hours. And we finally <laughs> started recording 26 minutes ago. But... Most of that, most of that was great conversation with Nick. A, B, my laptop had to go ahead and ter- be turned back on because it wasn't wanting to record, and it took me 15, 20 minutes to finally bite the bullet and say I'm going to restart my computer. But that being said, what got you into cars anyway? You know, it was always like, you know, I, I don't really, you know, I've been very fortunate enough. I've had some very great influences in my life. Mm-hmm. One is like. I don't want to touch on this influence too much. It's I, I don't know why. I, I kind of want to keep it close to home, if that's that, okay. That's beautiful. That's fine. Um, it's more of like a in the moment kind of like I'll tell people in the moment kind of thing. You know? Yeah. And so he, this influence I'm talking about was the best person I could have ever imagined to show me things. Mm. You know, and it's. We're talking like this dude was a test pilot. He flew SR-71s. Like, he was a pilot multiple. Like, he was a chaser of speed, right? Well, he was also at Le Mans in the 60s with Ford, just kind of like on the sidelines kicking it, right? I got a picture of him at my house smoking a cigar with Ferruccio Lamborghini. Like, it's just... So he was a massive influence on my life that I got to experience you know every year for a very long time and to a point his arrogance and his <laughs> his car you know like his presets rubbed off on me mm-hmm. in another big influence i have a feeling i think i know who you're talking about yeah. but yeah yeah and so another big influence to me was my dad mm-hmm. my dad was always into volkswagens as slow as those pieces of shit are he just he loved air-cooled beetles and sure. stuff so one thing that really related is when I got my RX-7, I got it in September. In November of every year, they do seven stock, which is a giant, I mean, it's not giant, it's pretty small, but it's a rotary group meeting, pretty much. Oh, cool. And so people fly from all over the world, Mazda brings out the race cars, and it's, they do this group, right? Well, my dad used to always take me to 
it's called the Bugorama, and it's just kind of like this Volkswagen hangout festival thing. So that's Southern California, Chicano, like, Volkswagen, you know, hey, we're cooking burgers, come over, just chill, hang out, crack a beer, bullshit. You know, just, just enjoy people's company, be a good person, enjoy people's company, you know, be in the moment. That kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. And, you know, Dad, Dad took us to car shows and stuff, too. And that's something I didn't really kind of, like, reconnect with till recently when I went to the when I was walking around Seven Stock and I got to drive out in this rally of like 30 RX-7s on the highway and all of our eyes are sweating because we have no cats in our cars and the fuel is making our eyes burn, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, and then you meet all these great people and you're just, again, it's, I went through the, like, I wanted literally to drop cars altogether. I was getting ready to be like, oh, fuck this, like, this is bullshit. Fuck you guys, I'm gonna be, go become an accountant because that's stable, right? Like, just find something boring and but it was when I tried leaving that I found out that I truly loved cars. Right. And it was 100%. And so, again, you you meet all these great people to where it's like people now, to where they're texting me, they're like, hey, how are you doing? How, how are you? What's, mm-hmm. is everything okay? You know, how's the car? Any advice? You're just out of nowhere. Not not like I'm texting, I'm like, hey, I had a question. Like They're like, no, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know, like I had, I've had two surgeries to remove a brain tumor now. And it wasn't... I wasn't too sure if you wanted to go into that, but let's do it. I'll touch on it briefly, but it's like, it wasn't my family who I woke up to. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, I mean, you know, my mom and dad, they were there, you know, for parent sake, I guess. They were there, but it was, the thing that I really remember was, you know, when I started to kind of like see straight, you know, when I'm kind of coming off of all the meds, when I grab my phone, I see somebody like Alex Topless Target, who's like, hey, bro, how are you doing? Let me That's know. That's my guy. Alex is great. When I see people like Cody or Johnny or fucking Chad. Mm. Chad tried calling me three times, and he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, I just want to make sure you're alive, bro. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, bro. I feel like shit. Like, I'm good, you know? Like, mama didn't raise no bitch. Like, let's get it, dog. You know? Yeah. And it's... Again, so it's like the love of cars has always been there, and in, in there's always this meme, and it, I think it's meme, it's a meme, but it's also fucking true. Mm. Shit, if you grew up skateboarding, you're into cars now. Yeah, that's not like a hundred percent law, right? It's not like if you're too car, like you skated, like no. But majority of it's like you know, if you were wearing DC shoes or Vans or watching fucking Rob Deerdex Fantasy Factory and ridiculousness in like 2008, there's a very, very, very good chance. You're into cars now, and there's an even larger chance you have, like, some version of a VQ, whether it's a G37 or whatever the deal is, because I always see a DC sticker on those fucking things sure. they're burning oil down the highway. Um, <laughs> those are those are the guys that are guys and gals that are your age, of course. Yeah. For us that were that are just 10 years ahead of you, it, you know. Well, no, you guys got the cool shit now, right? Sure. You guys are like. Well, you say that. I'm rolling around in a Kia Sorento, but I do appreciate the compliment. But, hey, man. Hey, I got the cleanest, most badass. Kia. By the way, I think my Kia Sorento might be for sale. I'm just going to say it right now. If anybody's interested in wanting to go ahead and buy my Dude, Sorento. Bring a trailer. It'll set new records. Do you really? You think so? Fuck no. I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say. Don't fuck me like that, dog. You're, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to send it in and they're going to be sitting there and be like, what the what fuck? What are we doing with this thing? You know what? If it's anything, not I should, even April yet. What I the should, fuck? I should put it on cars and bids. 
This is this <laughs> is the world's cleanest Kia Sorento ever. And I'm going to go through all its cool little quirks, quirks and features. features. Oh, my God. Daddy <laughs> Doug, the goat, man. Oh, man. Unreal. Oh, thank you for that Fucking impression. <laughs> this? So oh, good. Fucking Doug. Okay. Uh, but anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. But we back to what we were saying originally, yeah. Yeah, so it was like... And I think a big part of the whole skate to thing too mm-hmm. is you know the late great Ken Block. Of course, he may found, rest in he peace. He was one of the founders of DC Shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's the reason Rob Deerdeck's out there. It's Ken Block, and if you watch that original, like that Jim Connor video, it's it's not a car video. No, it's a skate video with a fucking car in it. Yes, with a giant. DC sticker on the side of it. Well, if you watch his Focus RS, which I believe was that Jim Connor nine, I'm not sure. I lose track of them. Okay, Jim Connor because it came out after the Unicorn. So that when he does, he's got the RS and yeah, because it's the one that he does in Buffalo. And one of the stunts that he does is he hangs out the rear end of the RS. Oh yeah, he grinds it on. And that he grinds it. Steps it up. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like that's a skateboard trick. So. And also, he yeah. jumps the railroad track, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, in that same video. I've been fortunate enough to meet him twice. That's awesome. The first time was at SEMA 2019. It was funny. So they, they had the Hoonigan Burnyard set up, mm-hmm. which is, you know, they do burnouts and shit. I think he shared that picture um, upon his past. I remember seeing that. Maybe. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But, because um, I, I didn't get a picture with him. Mm-hmm. That was just, you know, I like to... A lot more recently, like after, you know, the surgery and the health issues, I like to kind of live a little bit more in the moment. And sure. Last picture is more... Just being there. Yeah. It's like, you know, you see kids at concerts and they're recording the whole thing. It's like, well, how was the concert? I don't really know, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, be, get in the shit, be in the shit, live the shit, you know? It's a good motto to live by. Um, and so I remember the first time was like, you know, the burnyard was here, and then like they had these little porta potties set up over in the corner. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was kind of like a trailer with bathrooms in it. And I go and fucking, you know, using the urinal, I'm just like that. What the fuck? It's like, it, dude, I'm taking a piss next to Ken Block, who's also taking a piss. I'm not gonna make things weird, even though I'm pretty sure my eye contact just made it weird, right? <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay. And at that point, I was like, heart skip to beat. There's one of your idols, just, you know. Keep 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 doing your business, you know. Finish doing my business and wash my hands. He starts washing his hands next to me, and he's like, "He's like, so how you doing?" I'm like, oh, "You know, I'm a little starstruck." He's like, "I get it. I see it all the time." And I just kind of talked to him for like five six minutes. That's a pretty good long conversation, I would say. The second time was better. Oh really? Yeah, the second time was a lot better. Didn't run into the in, in the urinal this time. No, I take it. Fuck no. no. <laughs> so that was, so this, the second time was SEMA 2021. Okay. So it was still, it was pretty small because of COVID, you know, all sure. that shit was still there. And then I got to meet Sun Kang, who plays Han. Of course. Coolest dude on the fucking planet, right? He's like, he is the man. Oh, hey, how's it going? Like, he's like, you're Han. He's like, I don't know shit about cars, but I'm learning it now, right? Like, he's actually become a genuine yo, car he, enthusiast. He's became a car enthusiast in the past five years. Yeah. But I was looking at his dots, and I was like, "This thing was flawless. Mm-hmm. The best car there that year. I don't give a shit." Yeah, the paintwork was beautiful, and I kind of talked to him, and I was like, "Oh, well, did you do this to it?" And he's like, and it was "Specific dots and things, right?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I did." 
And so, one big thing that rubbed off on me about Sung Kang was when I was talking to him, he had a big line. He's like, oh, let me do this line, and you know, after that, we can walk and talk around, right? And he had his little gang, right? Mm-hmm. When the time was up, he didn't just say, all right, tough shit, kick the line. He decided to start walking down the line and get a picture with everybody. Yo, that's cool. And to me, that was the coolest thing ever. And I was just standing at the back of the line. He's like, oh, cool, get a picture, right? And then he, and he, he finishes the line, right? And I'm like, oh, that was cool to talk to him. He's like, oh, come here. Following through, and, you know, they, they got these little rooms for kind of like all the car celebrities can kind of hang out. Walk in there, was, you know, Jay Leno, I'll talk to him for a little bit, and then, you know, so I talked to Sun Kang for, like, maybe about, like, another 30 minutes. 30? Wow. And then, and then I know Jay Leno a little bit, and so I saw him and started talking to him. He's like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a, a much better impression of Jay Leno I expected coming from you. I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> no, he's <it's> great. <laughs> so, you know, I talked to Jay Leno for, like, 30, 40 minutes, right? Yeah. And so Jay goes and does all of the Jay Leno things. And then, next thing you know, I'm just sitting in this room alone. Mm-hmm. It's like, nobody's here. Like, I'm turn around and fucking Ken Block's just sitting there on his phone. Yeah. And so, it was Ken Block and then somebody else. And then, uh, it, was, it was the somebody else. I don't know who he was. He was another car influencer of some kind. I don't, again, I don't know who he was. Um, I can't remember his name. His face was familiar, but I didn't know him. I didn't watch his shit, any, anything like that. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, he's like, come here. And I'm talking to Ken Block, and, you know, these guys, and we're just having this great conversation, they're talking about car stuff, and I'm starting to relate, and the next thing you know, we have this great conversation about cars. Sure. And so-and-so leaves, and then I kind of sit down, and Ken's kind of just sitting there, and he's, oh, yeah, you know, talking about life and stuff, and next thing you know, like, within five minutes, this dude's giving me, like, the best fatherly advice I have never gotten before. Wow. And he's just being, like, a parent, because, again, he's he has three kids, you know, and He's just, he's not a poster, he's not a car, he's not a, he's an icon, but he's, more importantly, he's a person. Mm-hmm. And so it's getting to talk to him, and it's like, I wish I could have, you know, if we would have known, right, I would have never, like, he wouldn't have left that room for three days, right? you know, like, whatever the case is, because I would have just talked all the shit, but it's like, yeah, so it's like, I think he had a big influence on, like, a lot of kids, for it was whether they know they followed Ken Block or not, it was his image, his... He not not his imprint. image, his... They followed his art trail of what he was doing. And that was... Cool, you had DC Shoes, which, mm-hmm. again, Rob Dyrdek and MTV was probably... Still is the biggest personality on MTV as far as I'm concerned. Probably. And then that transitioned into Hoonigan. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's... Again, where you ask, like, cars, it's like, you know, I had some great influences who somewhat got me into cars right but that was also something towards like I didn't realize till later that I was like oh shit I'm a gearhead like yeah you know it's like you don't realize it until you're like oh shit I'm addicted right <laughs> you know you're just like I need this need for speed you know this yep. is cool you know there's something about doing this illegal shit sometimes that's 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 fun and cool as stupid as it is you know it's like oh, you're like oh cool I just did 150 miles an hour why was that the best thing I've ever felt in my life? You know, you're like, you could be like 18 in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And you could do like, let's just say, for example, like 150 in a Lambo. Right. You could be standing in a room with all the Playboy models and you could get to do whatever, right? And you'd probably be like, you'd probably feel better with that Lambo. That's, probably. It's just like, 
it's just kind of like how it felt as a car is always going to be somebody's first taste of freedom Mm -hmm. in America at least right it's oh cool you turned 15 16 here's here's your license oh cool you turned 18 now you don't need to stay in the state you can do whatever you want right right so you and your friends you're like oh cool let's go be stupid let's go drive to New Mexico why because they were obsessed with Breaking Bad Sure. And then you decide to leave at 2 a.m. and then you see a UFO and y'all get scared and come back. That is a true story, okay? That is a true story in which I lost every vote. I was like, let's go to Disneyland, guys. And and they're like, why Disneyland? I don't know because we were 18. We couldn't do anything else. They're like, nah, bro. Walter White, like Jesse Pinkman, let's go to Albuquerque, dog. Sure. Let's go see the... The house. By the way, how interesting is it that Jesse Pinkman, who was played by Aaron Paul, then ended up getting his first big role in a movie, and he is Toby in Need for Speed in 2014. Yeah. How hilarious is that? What yeah. a fucking, you know. Well, it's a giant 360. Yeah. Like, Need for Speed, that movie came out when I was a freshman. I just remember I was like. I love Need for Speed. I was like, as, for, for as dumb as it can be, I love that I movie was like, so much. The Cestual Elemento can do no harm. And then that car is, oh, that car's legendary. That car is, okay, let's let. That it's car's so also very foggy with its history too. Not a lot of people like Lamborghini didn't say the exact numbers they built. They didn't sell. Well, it's also them. not street legal by technicality. It's it was no. always meant to be a track car. Yeah. Um, it's so okay for those who might be listening. Again, I know a lot of you are car enthusiasts like myself and Nick, and you might know what the Sesto Elemento is. But for those of you who do not, the Sesto Elemento is a track car that Lamborghini built, I would say 2009, 2010, right around there. Uh, it the is... concept came out in 2010. Yeah. I don't know. I think the actual production, like the customer cars didn't come out for like three or four years later. I, well, the I thing know. is, there, there's, it's so hard to find information on it the is. car because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, but it is based on a Gallardo, not on a Huracan. That's yeah. very important to know. It is. It it's based on the LP560, uh, LP yeah. yeah. So it's based more or less on the actual Gallardo Super Trofeo race car. Yes, it is. And so Which that in and of itself is crazy, Yeah, that car. Which, I mean, we're talking about a car. It doesn't have a dashboard. It doesn't have seats. It has cushions it's complete carbon fiber yeah it's it's one of those like the material was joint developed with fucking boeing yeah yeah so it's i always tell people i don't always tell i I tell some people this i i for a while to me carbon fiber started to become a gimmick right because you'd have like oh a 4600 pound bentley that's you know it's carbon fiber and blah 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 by the way that's an exaggeration because no way a bentley's gonna weigh 4600 pounds because it physically can't anyways that being said you know you always i always said like some carbon fiber things are gimmicks the sesto elemento is the complete opposite of that the the sesto elemento is like you know when you guys see somebody, you can tell like, oh, you know, you you work out or you, uh-huh. you do this sport or oh, cool, you're a swimmer, mm-hmm. you're skinny as shit, dog. That that's the Sesto Elemento. It, it is functional. It reform. is a full on next level type but thing. It is so damn sexy, especially yeah. the fact that the transmission just hangs out the back of that thing, and you're just like, that's an actual sequential, if I'm not mistaken, is it? No, not? it's it's a regular. Oh, flat, they gave it a single clutch. It's, it's a reg, regular flappy battle. Yo, they are nuts. They should have it, given it. It's that. literally like. The race car shit, just in yeah. a chassis. It, yeah. And it's like... I always thought it was a sequential. I apologize. No, it's like... 
again, people don't like. They said they were gonna make twenty in Need for Speed, right? In Need for Speed, he's always like, "Oh, there's one of three of these in the world." He's talking about the Veneno, because mm-hmm. Need for Speed came out in 2013. 2014, yeah. But it was like before the Veneno was announced, so they used the set. Like, there's a bunch of weird times. It's like, "Oh, one of three. They made three Veneno cubes." Yeah. And then, so the Sesto, they wanted to make twenty. Well, nobody wanted to pay two point. They, they were charging up arm and a leg and a half. We're, we're, we're talking like $2.6 million in 2011, I think, is when they took deposits. Mm-hmm. Right? And Wasn't the Reventone like a million? Reventone was a million, yeah. Yeah. And the Reventone, the Roadsters, they didn't build all of them because the economy collapsed. That's right. The same thing with the Mercies. The Mercies were actually supposed to have a, another generation after the SBs. It was supposed to, there was supposed to be a facelift. And Which is interesting because it was, it was already in like year 10. Yeah. Which is crazy. Because you had you had the base Mercies, then you had the LP cars, and then you know the SV finished off the LP with the LP six seventy, I think, is the SV. Yeah, six seventy dash four. And then after that, it was supposed to get a final send off. Mm-hmm. Now the the plans never really materialized for that final send off because again they made the Reventone, and they didn't sell all of the Roadsters. They only built like fourteen of them because nobody bought a one point two million dollar car. And on top of that, they didn't build all the SV, SVs. And yeah. so Lamborghini was like, all right, cool, we're going to cut our losses. We're going to move forward with the Aventador. We're not going to do a finishing. Like, I know Lamborghini had plans to, there was a Mira concept, which looks gorgeous, just like the original Mira does. Uh, there was a Mira concept from like 2006. I've seen it. They, from my understanding, from what I've been told, they were actually going to do a run of those. They were going to do like 50 or something. I don't know the exact number. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing ever happened. But a couple of people who worked at Lamborghini at the time were like, we were going to make those. It was going to be a limited run, just like the Reventone, but we were going to make those. Right. And again, the economy just took a shit. And then, so you're talking five years after that. Oh, cool. You want to pay $2.6 million, which this is before all these crazy, like, oh, Chiron's like five and a Devo's like eight. Like, this is. Like, a Wyra's like, like seven. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, we're talking 10 years ago economy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the Veneno was the most expensive production car sold new from a manufacturer at $3.3 million. And the closest car to that, I believe, was the Veyron at like 1.2. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when like Agera started to get up that range. Like, not a lot of people know this. 918s were not a million dollars. No, no, no. P1s were not a million dollars. No. A P1's uh, base price. I think a laugh was like 900 grand. Yeah, a loft was like nine fifty base. Like a yeah. P one was like eight seventy five, and nine eighteen was six hundred. Which is like, dude, if you bought a nine eighteen, yeah. you could sell that thing a well spec one for like well over two right now. You'd be killing it, bro. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you had this crazy light track car. It only made five hundred and fifty horsepower. It was rear wheel drive, I believe, but it weighed two thousand pounds. Twenty two hundred. Yep. It's and, a, it's an insane car. Um, yeah. I feel like. When I post up this episode, I'm going to go ahead and share some of the Lamborghini uh, Sesto Elemento picks because uh, you don't see it that often. Um, oh, by the way, it is all-wheel drive. It is, oh, but is it's it? it's but it's you know it's rear-wheel bias, obviously. Okay. Um, they only made ten of them. Twenty were pl- twenty were planned, but they you only see, made it, ten. It's, it's not even like people. Yeah. There, there are owners who have the cars who've talked and they're like, dude, we don't even know if they made ten. Yeah, there's only even seven accounted for. And it says an odd firing, five two. V10, which I'm not exactly sure what I, exactly I don't, I don't that even, I've never even heard of that. But if you listen to it, because yeah. I have lit, I think actually, if I I'm think, not mistaken, think, Richard Hammond did do a review for it on Top Gear. Yeah. 
And yeah, because he's wearing Converse in that video. <laughs> he is, and not to mention, he's probably he was probably always the biggest the biggest Lambo fan of the three. Exactly. If you go on YouTube, you can actually find it to where it's like Clarkson and Clarkson Hammond and May. They're all track daying it. Like oh really? Like it, it's it sounds from, it, it sounds insane. It's godly. It, it, it sounds well, different. It sounds different to what a Gallardo and what an Uricon eventually sounds yeah, it's like. It's like you have like the three best sounding cars of all time. Hit me. It, LFA, CGT, and then you have that. It's that Gallardo V10. That V10 sounds godly. There's a certain iteration of it. I think it's the first gen. Mm-hmm. It like revs higher and it has a different firing order. You talking about the five liter or the five two? I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All cool. I know is there's some people who live or die by this V10 and yeah. I agree. I'm like, oh, screw it. And then, of course, I'm like, the 787 with the poor rotor sounds godly as well. Sure. But it's it's just that special sound. And it's like, you know, the Huracan, like, most Lamborghinis are like 9 out of 10, right? 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10. They got it right once with that V10 motor. Mm-hmm. And that was that was their song song for sound, at least. But, yeah, no, it's like, there was like two in the Middle East. There's Richard Spice, or I think his name's Richard Spice. Um He's the guy who's, like, heavily partial to Volkswagen. Like, he has a big thing in their history. Like, the, uh... He's a big Volkswagen collector. He's got a lot of Lambos. Okay. He has the one street-legal Cessna Elemental on the planet. Really? Yeah. And it, it's, like, in France or some shit, but nobody's ever seen him drive it. It's, it's a cut-off steering wheel, isn't it, in the Cessna Elemental? I don't think so. I think uh. it's squared off, but I don't think it's cut off completely okay um but yeah just a bad shit Lamborghini like Lamborghini always does it absolutely well it's so funny because one of the things it's uh you kind of knew where I wanted to go with this because one of the things that you and I had talked about was like you know and I mentioned this at the beginning was you and I are big Lamborghini enthusiasts um I've never really gotten a chance to experience a Lambo um and that is something that I'd like to change at some point um because I, I, it's just one of my favorite brands, and you know I've mentioned it on this podcast before. I'm an enormous fan of the Mercy. It's my, it's one of my favorite cars of all time. Um, and actually, okay, so you're right. Here is, you're right. It's like squared off, but it's not a yoke. Yeah. But it's, but it's a very interesting it's, looking it's uh, steering wheel. Yes. There's not a lot of cars that look, not a lot of steering wheels that look like it. It's a red steering wheel. It's really crazy, but. So one of the things that you and I had talked about was um, Lambos, in particular the B12s. And we were like trying to figure out like, oh, how would you rank it? How would I rank it? Blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, you know what? Let's discuss it on the pod. Now, we're going to discuss it right now, and I'm going to be very clear. I think that we're going to try and keep it to the five, to the okay. main so five. the actual production. That's product, correct. Right? So, we're, I, I mean, if you want... I'm not going to get into all the... Like, we don't... Uh, not going into Veneno, not going into yeah. Centenario, um, even Reventone. It's the Aventador motor. It's, it, that is an Aventador in disguise. Let's be completely honest. Are they batshit awesome? Yes, but it's an Aventador. And that, by the way, that includes the the, the LP800, the Countach. I've ridden in that one. I know. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Don't you worry. Because you did, you, you did, and I, I can't wait to talk to you about it. But so we're gonna discuss Mira, Countach, Diablo, Mercy, Aventador. Do you want to know the easiest way to rank this? Yeah, Mira, Aventador. The reason I say it like that: Lamborghini built the exact same engine block from 1963 all the way up to the Mercy SV. 
That engine started as a 3.5 liter and it's ended true. as a 6.5 liter. It's true. I hate but that you're right. But if you want to get into specifics... Sure. I'm 50-50 on number one being either the Mercy Lago, because it sounds heavenly, mm-hmm. or the Aventador, just because it's a fucking Aventador. Like, that is the car of the past decade. So that's it. That's the car of your decade in the same way that the Mercy was it for me 10, oh, 10 years prior, it's right? Like, yeah, I'll be the first to admit the Aventador isn't my favorite Lambo. It's not even in the top ten. Mm-hmm. A lot of its variants are, but sure, like, sure. It's you know, it's like that's what's so interesting about the Aventador is that it started. It's I mean, it's a cool car from the very beginning, but you look at the entire run of the other f- big four, right? You look at Diablo, you look at Countach, Murcielago, Mira. The Aventador, very similar to the Countach really got crazier and cooler as the years went on um whereas you look at a mercy and i'm here to tell you right now the lp640 is the best of the uh, of that entire range some people might say the sv is and i totally get that i love them i love an lp670 i think it's so dope and then you know first gen mercies are very cool especially in stick form um but they were it was a it was a massage of a type of change where you look at a Ventador from LP700-4, then you go into SV and it's a big jump. And then S is like an SV, yeah. but like, so okay to I, drive. I have driven every variant of the Aventador. Okay. Except an SVJ and an Ultima, which are, I mean, they're pretty much the same thing. It's the same car without a wing, right? Yeah. Although I do prefer, I actually I've come around on the Ultimate. I think it's the coolest one of the lot. Me too. I, I, it's I the, love it's that so suit. cool. It's such a good looking um, car. There is so. I forget. I don't remember if it was Horatio Pagani. I mm-hmm. think he might have said it. he's like Lamborghini's biggest fault with the Countach was not going back to that sleek, sexy lines it started with. Was when it had the wing, just like the one in the shop. Yeah. Like when it has the wing and it has all that stupid shit, it's like. Okay, you know it's it's cool, but it's not where the car started. And if you follow their their etiquette and how they did things, it's like, okay, so you look at the Diablo. That was their first step, and I think the Diablo is the car they got most perfect in the grand scheme of things compared to everything it's, else. I would probably go on a limb and say the Diablo is the best looking of the five. Yeah, it's to me that Diablo six liter with those Nissan headlights. Ah, oh. Johnny, suck it. It's better than the Enzo. I don't care. Um, <laughs> No, but it's like, you know... Hey, there was four, five of us that were telling him the exact same thing to his face at our sit-down. So, I love you, Johnny, but he's not lying, son. Go ahead. You know, it's like... So, the Diablo started to have, you know, I had pop-up headlights. It's very 90s, and I think the pop-up headlight Diablos, I think they're ugly as shit. I don't know why. The the SE30s with certain options in the purple look perfect to me. I I mean, I disagree because I I think overall... The consistency of the Diablo from '91 up until 2001—it was pure. It was just something about it, dude. It's just even when it goes from pop-ups to Nissan headlights, which makes me so happy as a previous Z32 owner. But still, um, there was just—you said—you said it right. There was a pureness to it. it. It was just really simple, yeah, and elegant. And that's what makes the the Mercy to me. So cool too. There's a certain elegance, but you look at a Ventador, and well, you, you look, look at, at a first you, gen Aventador you look at to all Lamborghinis, Ultimate, right? Uh-huh. And it's like they all have that sense of pure, that sense of like, 
okay, is it the best car? Fuck no, it's not. No. I'll, I'll be the first. Like, no. As much as, you know, I want to die hard and whatever, like, the Enzo will beat a Diablo on the track all day long. Sure. But now, a, a Huracan might be a little bit different. A Huracan, I think, is just flat out underappreciated and underrated compared oh. to its other rivals within the space, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like, you look at all these cars and it's like, you know, Ferrari is very much Ferrari. Okay? Yeah. They're, when Enzo had them, they were building probably, you know, the best race cars. They were great mm-hmm. in racing. But it's like, they started to drop that ball when, oh, cool, the F50 comes out, it's a F1 V12, and it's this funky-looking chassis. It was designed kind of to do GT1, but it never did it, right? Right. The 288 GTO, the F40, those were designed for Group B. And it ended up not being faster yeah. than an F40. Yeah. And quicker, so, I should say, quicker. And so the F50 was kind of like, oh, cool, we got this F1 motor, let's put it in a road car, which is cool, mm-hmm. right? You get to the Enzo, which the Enzo had nothing going for it. I'm sorry. It's like... It looks great, it, you know, it's a great car, but it's like, you look at all these, you know, if you look at the Hyper 5, right? Again, the 288 GTO is a beast of a car. Mm-hmm. It was turbocharged, and it had, like, a bunch of crazy shit. Again, designed for Group B. The F40 was the same thing. It was designed for Group B, turbocharged, lightweight, 200 miles an hour. Yeah. The F50 was like, oh, cool, we, we, took, a, we took this chassis we designed for GT1. And it we, sounds unlike anything you've yeah, ever heard. You know, I've, I've ridden them one, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't like them personally, but again, they're fantastic cars. Sure. You look at the end zone, it's like, it wasn't designed to go racing. It wasn't, it didn't have some experimental engine. It didn't, yeah. you know, it's just Ferrari kind of dropped the ball there. And then the loft is like, cool, it's hybrid. But aside from being a hybrid, there's nothing really else going for it. It, it looks great, right? Sure. Now, it looks you, very great. You yeah. look at Porsche, it's like, cool, just look at the 911. You know, you can never beat Porsche. I don't give a shit who you are. The 911 is going to be the greatest sports car of all time. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a 911 in front of you at a track day. If yeah. there's not one in front of you, give it about two years, there will be. Because the 911 is what happens when you stick to the same boring platform for years and you just get it perfect and more perfect and more perfect. And before you know it, for 250 grand, you're beating multi million dollar cars on Sure. Racetrack. And to be fair, Corvette, too. Yeah, no. Corvette, too. Cor- um, Corvettes are great. The C8 really changed things, but Corvettes for the longest time were great. We're like, oh, cool. Do you want to be American? Absolutely. Do you want to have something that can kind of keep up with the pack but isn't a Ferrari so you won't really do too good at track days? Here's a Corvette. But that's the funny you say, you mentioned that because I think C4 changed that. Yeah, I don't know much about the race history. No, well, I, I, was, no I get, I get yeah. that. But, like, for example, you know, as someone whose best friend is a Corvette connoisseur, uh, I, you know, not trying to go ahead and defend him or anything like that because he could do that on his own. But, I, you know, the, the, the cool thing is that for everything that Porsche has done, I think GM with Corvette is like right there with them. Oh, I'd, I'd say so, yeah. You know, like Probably. all their history at Le Mans, especially with like C5R, oh, C6R, yeah. C7R. Like, the, uh, like yeah. the grand sports in the 60s were like, again, there's some there's some crazy Corvette. Hell yeah. There, yeah, yeah. There's just... It's, how do I say this? It's just sticking to the norm almost, if that, or at least for an American. Sure. Right? As people who grew up in America and we grew up around the car culture in America, it's like, okay, cool, Corvette, go to the dealership, look at one. They're going to build 100000 or whatever the deal is, right? Right. 911 is a little bit more exotic. And of course, the Lamborghini and Ferrari are way more exotic than a... It is pouring out there. Yeah. Did not expect that to Uh, happen, but it's all good. And so, yeah, you know, it's like, but 
I still think a 911 is perfect because it's user friendly. Mm-hmm. It's exotic, but it's also mainstream too. Sure. And it's so a 911 is pretty pure, right? But a 911 is like it does 10 out of 10 on everything, but it kind of looks like a Beetle, so it gets a seven in that department. Sure. A Ferrari is like, oh, cool, it's a Ferrari, so you get the cool heritage and. But it doesn't it, do everything. You know, it, it doesn't do everything, and you get the Lamborghini, which, cool. The doors go up and they, they suck. They're uncomfortable. Style over substance. Style over substance. I mean, it, but to their be compl- looks are an eleven out of ten. Because, sure. Because Gandini just did it perfect. Yeah, every I mean, time. and then the funny thing is, and and most people will go ahead and tell you this: you sit in an R eight and you sit in a Gallardo and a Gallardo or a Huracan, and you're going to be more comfortable yeah. in the R eight every time. Oh yeah, in R eight, and you can actually is, fit if you're a big dude or a big gal. Yeah. Like. R8s right, are funny. It's like in video games, I'm like, oh, R8s are ugly as shit. But I see in person, I'm like, Iron Man came out when I was in Hell first yeah! Grade. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, what's Tony so, Stark this shit? I know, right? <laughs> so, funny story. Um, uh, Iron Man came out three weeks, three and a half weeks before I graduated high school. Yeah. So, I went to go see it. I got out early on that Friday. No, actually, I got out like an, at an okay time. And I went straight to the movie theater to go watch it. It was great. Yeah. It was amazing. And then funny, funny thing on top of that was my last day of school, my senior year. So right before my graduation ceremony that night, I went to the movie theater and I went to go see uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, memories that pop into my head. But Iron Man with the R8, like it, that's an important moment for I think late millennials. Early Gen Zers well, as part like, of car culture. A big thing, like when you say, like you know, what got you into cars is like, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see the Fast and Furious movies until I was in high school. Exactly. Okay? Like I saw Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yeah. But the only reason I saw the Fast and Furious movies was in high school. I knew a chick. She was on the volleyball team. She was hot as hell. I had a massive crush on her. Her dad was this old Ford drag racer dude. So she rolled up in the school every day in this Fox body Mustang she built with her dad. Oh, cool. And she was like gearhead like she was like you gotta torque like this and do this and I'm like she was what you wanted Megan Fox to actually be in Transformers yeah but she she was like the kind of girl to where it's like you talk to her and then she just like you know like oh I just bought my engine and put it in the car like no she built it that's cool you know and, and so I was respect just like, to her I was like oh you're, you're pretty you know and so she's like that was just me right she, she's, like, she's like you need to torch your wheels properly and you have to do this and I'm just like you're so pretty yeah. and then um, <laughs> sounded like Bo, like Bo Duke in the Dukes of she was my girl her. She she was my girl. I liked her first, and so you betrayed yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. But it was like somehow my dumbass in high yeah. school lucked out with this absolute dime with this fastback that, or yeah. with this fox body that scared the living shit out of me. By the way, the fox body or the chick or the both? fox body. Oh, okay. And her driving. Okay, fair enough. She could fucking drive. Like she did. Like I didn't know this. Like I nobody knew this about her. Mm-hmm. Was like she did like time attack courses. And, oh like, wow, that's cool. Like, she could drive was an understatement, right? Right. And so, anyway, she was like, oh, you've never seen Fast and Furious? Come over to my house. After-. I was like, recording no for more. duty, ma'am. Like, let's do this, right? <laughs> right? And so, yeah, and we fucking binge-watched all of them. I was like a junior. Yeah. But so we get in this Mustang, and she starts it. And, of course, I had zero hour. So it's like, when she got a license, I was, in, like I said, I was already in school. Like, I was in class in zero hour when she was driving to school. So I never heard this thing. She started it in... That was probably was it first, five, was it five zero? I don't I don't know what it 
Okay. It, it was Big Block, probably. I don't, oh, okay, I, Big Block 4 would make American sense. American stuff, I'm like, I don't sure, know. Yeah. But it was enough to set car alarms off because she'd start it and you'd hear this straight out the header yeah. fucking, I think it was a 427 of some kind. Nice. And yeah, it, that car scared the shit out of me. But again, so it's like another big influence was like being a product of the late 90s and early 2000s was you had Fast and Furious, Transformers, Cars, you know, skateboarding, DC, Hoonigan, you know, I literally caught everything at a perfect time. You know, it's it's something kids now might not be able to get. Like, Unless they got a parent like me. Yeah, or me. Or, or I'm like, you know, like, hey, let's sure. go fucking torque down the bolts on this triangle car. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's just, you know, that that's kind of the era, but it's like, you know, if I, if I had to think of every decade, I can certainly tell you what Lamborghini poster car was being made. Was it the fastest? No, was it? With the exception of exception of the Countach ended up being the fastest car on earth well, for, a, for e- like a minute. E- even the Diablo did it too. Yeah, the oh, the Diablo, excuse me. I, I meant that's, the, I, excuse the, me, the Diablo, the, the not the Countach. did it in the late, early, yeah. late 70s was yeah. like 180 or some shit. 180, and then the actual, I think the Diablo, was it the first one to hit 200? Diablo was the first Lamborghini to go past 200. Yeah. Because it was, it was like 210 or some shit. I, I don't know what it was. Anyways, it got its ass beat by the EB110 and then by the vastly overrated McLaren F1. I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> I will fight any. No, you know what? Actually, no. Here's the thing about the McLaren F1. It is dope. Oh, it's, it's gangster as shit. It's a great car. But... It infuriates me that it's twenty that it's worth twenty five mil. It's not. I it's it's not. <laughs> sure. Be, if it like, no, f- f- screw it. The Bugatti Veyron, I think, has been more of an actual. Well, this is like yeah. So when you think of iconic cars in life, right? Yeah. I mean, so an F1 the, is up there. It's, it, it is, oh, it, flat out. It's top 50 for sure, even for me as somebody who mm, absolutely I'd hates. probably say closer to top 10, but sure. But yes, well, go ahead. Yeah. But like, you know, I'd, I'd say top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of opinions, if you had to pick the greatest cars ever, I'd say F1 would be there right, probably right next to a Honda Civic because it's a Civic. It's great. But You're not gonna hear me argue about a Honda Civic anytime, bro. I love a Honda Civic just as much as my first car was a Honda Accord. They're, they're great, except for when people up badge them and put red badges on them and think they're fast and furious. Um, but as a regular car, they're great, right? But Goated. you look at. Do you watch any of the Aston Martin Valkyrie reviews from last week? I watched Lieberman's, which yeah. Motor Trend should really step up its production game just a little bit. But I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I haven't watched Henry Catchpole's that, but I need to. one is the best one by far. Hen- he- Henry Catchpole is the man. So, he said, he's like, can the Valkyrie really go toe-to-toe with the greatest cars of all time? He says, the Mira. I believe he said the 911. Mm-hmm. The F1. Mm-hmm. I think he, he might have said Countach too. I don't think he did, but the F1 and the Veyron. Or, no, my bad. He said Mira, F1... Veyron. Okay. Those three cars, right? Can the Valkyrie, which I think the Valkyrie can, because the Valkyrie's absolutely batshit. It's very realistically the last great car that we will ever get. Now, until the road car AMGs come out, which 
the AMG He's, ones. Yeah, which you know the stats are slower, but we don't know. Well, what not only like that, on the like they're basing that off yeah. the 2014 Formula One World Championship winning car that's nine years old now. But at, but at the end of the day, zero to sixty is not going to matter to you on a racetrack. Sure. It's going to be carrying speed through a corner, which is now I still think the Valkyrie. I'm going to be honest with you. I like the Valkyrie better in every way, shape, and form. Because yeah, when they're going through and they're doing these cinematic angles and it's showing like underneath the car and shit. It's just like, a better looking car and it's, it's got that Cosworth looking. V12 which it's is nuts. The, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's batshit, right? Yeah. But when I think of greatest cars and what they've contributed, it's like, cool, the Mira was the supercar. Mm-hmm. It was the first one. Yeah. Like, Ferraris owe it to the Mira, Porsche owns, like, everybody owes it to the Mira, mm-hmm. right? When you think of the F1 and what that car did is I'm just like, it went fast, that's it. You you can't like cool you know had a pretty good race history, right? Yeah, I would say pretty good, like really but good, but yeah. It's like at the end of the day, how many cars can go fast? A lot of them can. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Veyron, right? And the mm-hmm. Veyron was like, hey, let's take your living room in comfort and do two hundred and sixty miles an hour, mm-hmm. all wheel drive. Like they the, each one cost like ten million to produce. Volkswagen took a hit on each car. It's like, to me, that is much more important than an F1. Well, I think that the other thing that people look into too much in the, when it comes to the F1 is the whole, like, three-seater. And, like, okay, like, congratulations. You can sit three people. Ooh. I've sat in one. It sucks. It's, like, it's I, 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 I feel it's weird to go ahead and sit in the middle of yeah. a car like that because it's not designed like, like a it, single-seater. It, it's a cool experience, but sure. it, it sucks. It's not comfortable. Yeah. You know? It's like, cool, you're sitting in the back seat, you got like a door halfway over your head, and you can see this dude's broad shoulder, and you're like, oh, that's neat, right? right. It's like, if three seats were truly special, then the speed tails... Oh, dude, I think that the speed tail might be the most overrated car. They, you see, I think it's hilarious. It's ugly. How many of those go up for sale, and they only built like 107 of them? Yeah. When I was in L.A., last time or when I was in LA the first time last year with my dad and we were going around to car dealerships we saw seven for sale really seven for sale in Los Angeles and that's not to mention all the ones like nobody wants those now they've grown on me quite a bit because I did see the satin white one with this white interior and I thought it was a gangster mm-hmm. it just it looked great but it's like there's nothing that the C or there's nothing that the F1 did that the CGT didn't do better aside from race history and top speed and amount of people you can fit sure. in. I think what's really, at least in the F1's favor, is um, it's still, it's driving dynamics are second to none. And I think, here's the problem. People focus too much on 240, right? Yeah. Instead of realizing that it could go 240, but more than, more than that, that thing could boogie on a racetrack. And it bo- it could boogie on the canyons or oh, it, they, they you can know, get down right like full on get down. But my problem is, is it's not fair for it to cost twenty five million dollars and then for it to just be stashed in a garage in a collection well, because people are too scared to drive them because now they're worth that much. It's that's the problem with all of those cars or yeah. any car really, right? It's like. I mean, the way that Countach's are shooting up in price, it doesn't. It sucks. Yeah, no, it's like the the one we have in the shop right now, right? Yeah. The guy bought that car for less than two hundred grand. When? Uh, three years ago. That's not surprising. He has it listed right now for nine hundred, and he'll probably get it. He'll probably get it. Um, I mean, Mercy LP six forty six speeds are. You, you can thank Ed Bolian for that shit. He. Fucked, I do. He fucked that market. He he. Well, I mean, he didn't. 
He yes, he he did fuck it, but he also he, he fucked it before it was already fucked. Like, that's it true. Naturally Him and John Tamarian, right? who are yeah. b- both goaded for life, right? I, but, I love those dudes. But, but at the same time, the they same ru- time. they ruined the Mercy LP640 for me. Uh, at least the six beats, and you know you can get sequential or excuse me, not sequential, single gear e clutches, which in LP640 form aren't as bad as people make them seem to be. I've been grateful enough. I've driven a manual. A manual I've, I've, Mercy? Yes. Uh, first gen or LP640? LP640. I've driven plenty of eager cars, including an SB. Okay. I'm going to be real to you. I mean, I, I prefer the stick. It is that, like, that's just my opinion. Sure. I do think it is that much superior. But is it double the price of the car superior? No. I don't think so, because you can also get a pre-LP, like a first gen car, in a stick, Without breaking the bank, and you're like, oh, well, cool. you say breaking the bank, but yeah, I know what you mean. There, I think there's probably like, I think you can. It's really pu- coming it's down. Coming down, though. My shit. goodness gracious! Okay, shout out to Phoenix. Look at you, getting that downpour <laughs> in. End this drought, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think you can go ahead and buy a first gen Mercy with a six speed. I think it's somewhere between like the threes and the fours, which is pretty. That's a pretty hefty price, but it's not nine hundred. Yeah. Which is what the average of an LP640 well, with a manual is going you, for. Then you have that dumbass, and well, I say dumbass, but realistically, he has the cars. But there's a dude in Washington, right? He's got a manual SV. He's got like three Diablo GTs. Didn't they make He's, like five SV manuals? That's there's like seven worldwide. There's three in the United States. They're yeah. all it's funny as shit, right? The ones in the United States are all white. They're all the exact same spec of car. I think I saw Jay Leno do Jay Leno's garage with a white SV once, and that's it was probably, a six That's probably the one in Washington. Yeah. Anyways, he's trying to sell the car for six point seven million dollars. It'll 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 it will sell for that, but I don't but want it to. It will sell for that. I don't think it will sell for that anytime soon. But eventually, they will sell for that. Yeah. He also has a couple of Diablo GTs, which are the GTRs without the wings. He's mm-hmm. selling each one of those for 1.6, which he's he's smoking dick on that shit. But it's like that's not like his sell it to make money price. That's sell it, and I will gladly sell the car at that price. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like that, he like, like in order for him, like the car means so much to him that he'd only be willing yeah. to go ahead and take well, an exorbitant amount of he, money. He doesn't care to get rid of the cars, but if somebody's like, oh hey, here's two million dollars for a car that's worth eight hundred grand, it. oh here you go. Yeah, you know it's it's. It's one of those things. But, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to where I met people who've driven an F1 and then hopped in a CGT or hopped in a Veyron, right? And I know Cody hates CGTs, and I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, it's, it's I don't think he hates them. I think he just thinks that they're overrated yeah. compared to an LFA, but yes. Yeah, and it's... To hear somebody that kind of just get... At, at the time when I, like... You know, because CGT is another car that exploded in price. It's able to five hundred grand all day long. Now two million dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like to see somebody get in and go from an F one or just talk to them for they're like, I literally got into the cars back to back, and say there's nothing that an F one does better than a CGT aside from top speed and a couple other minor things, is mind blowing to me. Because you also don't have the maintenance of a BMW with a V twelve. Sure. It's you know it's. But that's that whole, like, the Toyota Supra is the best car ever, right? It makes 4,000 horsepower. It can do 0 to 60 in, like, your mom, you know? Like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're 10-year-olds, right? They, sure, they, sure. 
10 years ago when I was dealing with these fucks being 10, it was like, oh, cool, what's the greatest thing? The Bugatti Veyron and the Toyota Supra. Now it's the Toyota Supra and the McLaren F1. Like, let's do it, bro. You know, it's the same mentality. They're sure. all like, I want an R35 that makes 6,000 horsepower. No, you don't. No, no, no. I, I can I can tell you for a fact. At that at that moment, just become an mod- astronaut. Modified horsepower is very different than factory horsepower. A Konasek, like I'm not I'm not saying a Konasek is not fast. You put a Konasek Agera on the track that makes 1500 horsepower. Yeah. You get some hillbilly redneck with a fucking Corvette that makes 1600 horsepower. That Corvette is gonna fucking send that thing to Gapplebee's. Sure. You know it's like. I wish people could all feel what, like, you know, my RX-7, it, from factory, they make 240 my year. You know, later they made 276 from the gentleman's Also, agreement. like, 2,800 pounds. Marijuana. Oh, yeah, that car's like, my, my car probably made a little closer to 300, mm-hmm. right? When I was on the way back from Seven Stock, I was like, I'm going to stop at this trucking station and ask if they can weigh me. I had a full tank of gas. My ass was in the driver's seat. That car weighed 2,670. Wow. That car's light, and it feels like you know that's again that's around 300 that's plenty of power yeah let's oh real quick so nick's rx7 is a little bit special it is jap it, it is a japanese spec it's right hand drive um montego blue baby it's a sick color um looks amazing. what year is it 95 94 94 yeah it looks amazing for being broken in the garage on it i know so basically he's in the midst of a rebuild right now um Hopefully by the end of the year it'll be ready to go. Oh, by the end of the year for sure. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm hoping June or July. Oh, okay, that's excellent. So, which we, sucks because it's right in the middle of summer and you can't really run a rotary in hot temps. But oh uh, yeah, you know what? It just gives us an excuse to go ahead and wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go for a uh, fast when, class. When I'm doing when I'm doing my uh, break in, I know I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to leave the house at twelve. <laughs> you know right it's like yeah. I'll be like Batman on the highway and that thing just breaking in the motor for the first thousand miles it's a, it's a cool car I've seen it in person it's one of the cooler RX-7s I've ever seen in my entire should, life you should have got that ride when you had that I really should have gotten that ride we, I had to go to work that day I know you did We'd, uh, friggin' A it pisses me off but it'll it, we'll make it happen here's what we'll do we're gonna go ahead and take well no Alex gives me shakes he's like you never gave me a ride and I'm like, Alex, I have a list of 50 fucking people, right, <laughs> who want to ride in that car, who wanted to ride in that car. Like, dude, this is the coolest thing to me about that car, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, I always wanted one. I was fortunate enough to get one. I can give people joy with that car, even though it's mine. And that, to me, it's the greatest thing. That's the coolest thing. Because when I see it, when I see it, dude, like, here, so a lot of people think the JDM cars are owned by younger kids, right? That's not the case. No. When I when I joined the AZRX7 group chat and you know we all went out to Seven Stock, I was like, oh cool, you know, this dude's gonna be like 45. Fast and Furious came out when he was a senior, right? No, I walked in, they all met at like a Cracker Barrel and like fucking the, the fucking cracks ass at dawn, right? And it's like I walk in there and I'm like, these are grandpas. Sure. Why does why does Tim? Who's 65 or something? Why does Tim have a yellow FD with a giant single turbo that makes ungodly amounts of horsepower, right? Yeah. Or, or, or Bill, who has a stock Supra with a six speed that just enjoys driving it exactly how Toyota meant 100%. for it to be driven. And you're just like, I pictured you with like a Corvette or sure. like a 55 Chevy. You know? Yeah. But no, so it's like, you know, you have to deal with that. But it's like, I get smiles on people's faces with like, gray hair to they don't even have a mustache yet like you know like they're fucking 12 you know <laughs> and it's 
like all like I would get tagged driving around Chandler. Like I would I would kind of purposely do this for my own ego check, right? Yeah. So some days around the right time, if I was by my house, I I knew when my high school got out because I used to go there. Well, I'd fucking drop it into like second gear and then rip up the street in front of the high school right as school got out, and I could see like I could literally see and make people stay. Sure. And it was like you know. Partially, did I do it for my own ego? Absolutely, because it was cool. To be, like, yeah, Fast and Furious. But the other part, cool, is like when I'm at a gas station or like the big one, I was at a bank once and some dude's filming the car outside and he's like running his hands through his hair and he's like, oh my God, like this is nuts. It was like, you know, I walk out there and talk to him and it was the first time he ever saw one. Right. He was like, what the fuck? You know, it's like the neighbor down the street from my house when I left the driveway one day, like he looked at me and he pointed to the car and I didn't talk to him for like another month. And then finally he caught me leaving and he's like, hey, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like it's, it's too loud and he was waking up his kids. And he's like, I had a poster of one of these on my wall when I was That's in high cool. school. And so I gave him a ride in the car. And he's like, this is everything I dreamed it would be except the steering wheel's on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> was, Do you prefer, did you, like, was that, when you got it, was like, when I was, you wanted an RX-7 like, with right-hand drive? I wanted a right-hand drive one. Okay. Um, so the left-hand drive ones are actually more sought after because they didn't make that many. Oh, that's true. I think I saw Carlos Lago make a video so of that with Motor Trend. 93, for 94, and 95 were the only U.S. years. So there was only 595 cars. Um, they didn't sell well here at all because the Miata came out. The Miata absolutely destroyed that fucking thing, sales-wise. Yeah, I mean, it, the, a rotary engine is just... Yeah. It's, it's not conducive it for... It has its flaws. Yes, there's a reason why it's... In pieces in your garage right yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. But that is... But it's still dope. Yeah. Super mega dope. It's gangster. It's a triangle it really that is. spins around. And yeah. And it's like, you don't have cylinders. It's not electric. It's not a fucking jet. It's literally a triangle that spins around super fast. Yes. That yeah. takes an enormous amount of gasoline and oil, but still makes... Not that bad, actually. No? Not as bad as they make it seem? I could make it or... to Los Angeles on a full tank of gas. Really? Tank, yeah. That is shocking. No. Because the RX-8s are terrible. No. Yeah. Where the play comes in. <laughs> and they, they don't tell you about this shit, right? you got to find this out the hard way. Right. Which I did. Um, when you get low on gas in those, they tend to lean out a little bit. Yeah. Which blows out the apex seals. Which So you basically can't run it on what? How Like less than what? Pretty much if you're running out of gas, you're fucked. Wow. Now, if, if you don't have like a certain ECU or like... Like now I'm upgrading my ECU to a Haltech, which has a bit more safeties for if the car... If it senses the car is going to go lean, it'll shut the car off. Oh, interesting. So, now, the person who had my car before, they... So, it's got a... You, your, your ECU is going to basically have a limp mode. Pretty much, it's going to have a safety mode. It's going to have a bulletproof so vest to prevent the bullet from going through the vest. That's very interesting. You know, and it's... It's... Of the time... You know, every engine has issues, right? Right. Now, in a rotary, there's like four moving parts. It's very simple. It's really fascinating if you guys don't know look into them they're great and it's um you need to be very careful with how you take care of them but they can be reliable they're not super unreliable Mm -hmm. like i didn't have any issues with mine until the motor went out okay but the motor went out probably because it fuel cut on me and it leaned out but also when i took it apart i found out the dude blew up the motor once already didn't replace anything just put new apex seals in it and threw it back together wow so my bearings were shot the rotor housing that my apex seals didn't go out in that was fucked like and you know i was showing because one of the co-workers here he 
he learned like when he was an apprentice he worked for mazda so he worked he learned on my car right and so i remember i showed him all the parts he's like he's like there's no way you he's like this would have happened regardless he's like this shit's fucked he's like you had the car for three months you put maybe two thousand miles on the car He's like, there's no way you could have done what happened to that engine. And now, sadly, I have to pay the price for somebody else's shortcuts. So it's, you know, is it expensive to do stuff the first time around? Yes, but you're not having to redo it multiple times. Now, right. on a rotary engine, you have to rebuild them every couple of years. Best time to do a rebuild is when it doesn't run like shit. Like, when it runs good, do the rebuild then, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and it's... Again, it's it's a pure driver's car. It's the best car that I've ever driven in. It's not. I didn't even drive one until I got mine. Yeah, you were telling me that. I've driven an R thirty four. I've driven a Supra. I've driven a three hundred ZX twin turbo. <clears throat> Be very careful with what you say about the Z thirty two three hundred ZX. Okay, cool. I'm gonna jump into it by talking about their diet and their weights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I don't know. The, the, the Supra and the three hundred ZX. Yeah, it's not. They're, they're both great cars. They right? are, but it's just not. The 300ZX is not a sports car. It's a Grand Tour. Yes. Yes. See, and I had a nor- I, I had an NA. Yeah. Yeah. They're a bitch to work on, by the way. Big time. Big that, time. That engine is like all the space. Literally, <laughs> there is yeah. no space in that thing. It but, makes so, a 350Z look yeah. like a like the Grand so, Canyon. The Supra. If you ever get to drive a Supra twin turbo, I fucking hate them. I think they drive terrible because they're heavy as shit. Sure. You you give it a turn, you feel it. It's it's a boat. It's a, a thirty three a thirty four hundred pound car in nineteen ninety. I think it weighs more than that actually. You're right. Actually, I think Is you it, get if with the tar, with the um, with the Targa, it was like thirty six. And the the three hundred handles the weight a little better. I can vouch for that. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It roll does get that rear end loose no. on you when you least the, expect it. The GTRs, they're great cars, but they're also all-wheel drive, so they kind of make up for the weight a little bit. Sure. The RX-7 is not like those other three. The RX-7 is much like the NSX, where it's like, cool, more is less. Right. So I got these books by Jack Yamaguchi, who designed the car. One thing, when they designed the car, they laid every nut and bolt out in a giant uh, hangar in Japan. And they walked around, they said, how can we make this lighter? Next car. Oh, cool. We got a bolt here. Oh, we got these, we got these studs that go into the that go into the block to the exhaust housing. Let's make them out of Inconel, which is the shit they make F1 exhausts out of. Which is like, what the? F- this is fucking '92, bro. Like, yeah. Chill a little bit, right? F1 cars didn't use Inconel for exhaust for another ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's same thing with the turbo system. Like the the FD with the twin turbos, it's it's a bitch to work on. I had to pretty much. What a boogies. They scoot. They got a nice little bit of torque. Right. Which is, again, the twins. I'm getting my twins upgraded by the only person who can do it. And after that, I should be able to pretty much go toe-to-toe with any single turbo car up until about 500-ish horsepower. Right. But I also have the torque. I have the low-end power. I don't need to wait to spool up. Uh, and what it, is yours rev at? Or red line at, I should say? Before was 8,700 RPMs. Now it's going to be? I'll probably stick it about... 85, 8,700. I'll keep it there because anything above 8,500 to 9,000 or higher, you need to start clearancing shit and you need to get really protective on the RPMs and to keep the rotor from bouncing and doing a bunch of stuff. And it gets so expensive so quick. Sure. It's already expensive. It's already very expensive. You, you it's, start, you, is you start, it the most, do you think it's the most expensive one to maintain out of, out of the main four? Speaking talk, Skyline, we, Supra, Arc 7. If you just, have a new one and you take care of it from day one 
I don't know. You tell me. How would you, how, how would you, how would you describe it? I'll 100% say I think I do think two J's and it's cheaper to rebuild than the other ones, even if shit goes haywire. Right. Are you gonna put a little bit more money into it, like everyday wise? Probably. I mean, you need to pre-mix it and do a bunch of other shit to it. But if you take care of it, it'll take care of. You. Like it's it's not like people act like oh you're gonna turn the key and it fucking explodes. Like, yeah. You know, like it was built in a bomb factory. Like no, it wasn't. Okay, it was not built in a bomb factory. Okay. Yeah. It's. <laughs> let, let's go back to endurance racing. My favorite thing when people are like rotaries are unreliable, right? Well, you had IMSA, okay? Mm-hmm. Who was dominant IMSA? Porsche was. With right. their fantastic, fabulous 911, because it's Porsche and they want to be perfect. Here's their Beetle with two extra cylinders, okay? It's Porsche. Who smoked their ass in the 70s? Mazda. Mazda. Who smoked their ass in the 80s? Mazda. Who beat them at Le Mans in 1992 with an underpowered race car? Mazda. Why? Because it was reliable and it fucking worked. Right. And it's just like... It's and by the way... Corvettes also handed their handed handed Porsche their ass on several occasions. In the oh, hundred percent, yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, they kept it simple too. They had literally a pushrod V eight. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. There's some things. That and by just, the way, I say this being an enormous Porsche enthusiast. It's okay. I, I know your friend. He pays you for these. <laughs> Ron, <laughs> like to see those checks, buddy. <laughs> no, like again, Corvettes are great, right? Yeah. Corvettes are the nine and eleven Intel. Let's keep it the same. Let's do it simple. Versus, you know, Lamborghinis. Like, hey, we're not going to build a race car. Okay, it's like this. It's not funny what they though, do. because like now they do. Or so ne- it's funny, and, and because they have they're bad. At, they got some badass track cars. Yeah, they're like real. Like some of the best. That the automotive... This just makes me smile, right? Because right. I, I got a friend who's a... Di- like, Max, if you hear this, Max, you're like, Porsche for life, everything, fucking Porsche is fucking great, right? Yeah. It, it's true, Porsche is... Porsche's again, goaded, right, they're right. The, they're the best ones, because you I mean, I ev- want everything. A, I want a 996 yeah. so bad. I keep... It's, you know why I say it so much, Nick? Because I'm trying to will it into existence. <laughs> that's really what I'm that's trying what, to do. That's what you have to do. You, yeah. you, you have to... You choose your mentality and shit will work out. Right, right. And so... I agree. You know, it's like, so in 2015, when Lamborghini's like, oh, hey, we're going to go after the lap ring record, everyone's like, full of shit, the yeah, event was freaking a single push. Yeah. You know, well, they come out with the Huracan Performante, and people are like, damn, that's sexy. I've, I've said this before. It's not my favorite Lamborghini of all time, but I will say that I believe strongly that the Huracan Performante might be the greatest Lamborghini ever made. One of. I'd, I'd say top five. It's, it, 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 because... Obviously, we know how great that V10 is because it's not just great sounding and cool. It is extremely well, reliable. I think the crazy thing is watching them shift to a design standpoint of like, oh, hey, let's, you know, let's put all this crazy hidden arrow work into this car, right? Right. And you just like, oh, cool, it has a little dinky wing. Mm-hmm. That's all the car has that's different than the regular. Oh, you move the exhaust pipes up. To the middle? Ooh. Yeah, it's like, ooh, fancy, right? By the way, it looks... Oh, sexy as shit. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden it destroys the AMG G- GTR, and you're just Unreal. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? And then, you well, know. only mistake was that, and I don't even see this as a mistake, they just built a lot of them. Oh, they built a shit ton of them. But they're so cool. They're awesome. They are no they're shit. fucking awesome. They are. Uricon Performantes are the best Uricon, yeah. with the exception of maybe the 580-2. 
The Serato just just came out. I dog. know, I know, but we'll, that's we'll, just. We'll, 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 we'll I'll have on to, that one in a second. Well, well when, once we got a chance to go ahead and actually see it in action, but I've seen Uricon perfs in action, oh, yeah. and I know that people love Evos and Evo RWDs. Like, and yeah. by the way, they're awesome. Oh, they they drive. Fantastic. Evo rear wheel drives are awesome. The Huracan is the only car in the past fifty years that had literally looked at the Porsche nine eleven and said, "Fuck you, I'm better in every way." Right, it, and hell, even STOs rule and Technicas, yeah. but like. The Huracan Perf, I think, just aesthetically, from a style yeah. point, and then what it ended up doing for the Huracan. Like, I think people people yeah. took the Huracan for real, like when the LP610-4 oh, dropped. But when Performante came in... When the Performante came in, people were like, oh, we, shit. They were like, oh, snap. Yeah. They were yeah. like, oh, shit. People like, Lambo were, came to play. Yeah. People yeah. were like, oh, damn, Lambo can make a track car. Cool. Yeah. And then they forgot about it. And then two years went by, and people were like, oh... Porsche's like, look at our GT2 RS. It's great, right? It's the best thing that since sliced bread, you can't beat it. And then and Lamborghini's SVJ. like, Lamborghini's like, hold my beer, bitch. Like, and they take a ten-year-old car and they like literally used it as a brute, dude. And it it didn't just beat the time by like, oh, here's a couple milliseconds. Like, no, it it beat that time by a couple of seconds. It destroyed the GT2 RS. Yeah, it it held it until the AMG Black Series, and then the what is the current. Is it the 991.2 GT3 RS that's uh, current? Yes. Over? So that car originally lapped it, and it did it did shitty, and so everyone was like, oh, SVJ's better memes, right? And I, yeah, and then I, Manti I, I Racing came out. No, Manti Racing didn't do it. Porsche relapped it oh, yeah. on, on a good day, and then it just it fucking destroyed. Um, but that's the thing. It took a ni- it took a 700-horsepower 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, yeah. to, to, to go ahead and uh, well, to well, take well, down a near 3,800-pound V12 Big right. boy Lambo. Well like, well, like, I'm just, like, blown away by his people just kept talking shit about the event for a year after year after year. And I'm like... Dude, it got better and better I'm, I'm and like, better and better. I'm like, dude, bitch about the clutch all you want. That car is a race car. Like, it, it, it's it's aggressive. It's flashy. It's, hey, look at me. It's flamboyant. It's a Lamborghini. That's sure. what they do best. But they took a car from 2010 or 11 or whenever the fuck it was announced. Old as shit, right? And seven or eight years later, they went toe-to-toe with a brand, freshly new design Porsche and said, fuck you. Like, that's... That's gangster. That's that's gangster as shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. And then now with that new hybrid coming out, it's oh. That God. thing, I, I wasn't originally excited for it, but then the more I notice what's happening and what they're doing, I'm just like, they're up to something. Like, there's a reason why they've made us wait this the, long. The, the base model, right? Yeah. The engine revs up to ninety five hundred. It's RPMs. crazy, and then they're finally putting in a dual clutch into it. Yeah, which it's, it's a dual clutch. It isn't going to matter because it's a it's, hybrid. It's <laughs> it, 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 true, but like you know, the fact that it's going to be weird. It's going to either take away the specialness or make it even more special because the shifts are going to be incredible. Oh, it's, it's a Lamborghini. It's going to be iconic. It's, yeah. it's it's called the Revolta. I don't even know if I'm supposed to even say this, but I've I've seen pictures of the actual car. Do we know? Like, don't. Well, you know what? Give out the name now because the it, names it, are what this. The, it, I mean, it's, uh, hopefully it's by the, the time it's called the Revolta. The Revolta? Yeah, it's R E V O U L T A. It's spelled really weird. It's, it's a like Revolt. Some that, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, so Lamborghini, even though it's Italian, they choose Spanish names of fighting bulls, which makes no fucking sense to name their dope ass Italian sports cars, which is for weird. Right? For you, she'll like the. He likes Spanish women. He, he likes Spanish women. He likes pulls. Hey. Yeah. Same reason why I like the RX-7. We all like to get beat up every once in a while, don't we? <laughs> and <laughs> No, but so it's like, yeah. you know, it's... Now, you know, they're releasing all these 
these videos on like, oh, you know, Lamborghini has... They're very excited for what's coming. They have technology into carbon fiber that no one else does. Yeah. They said years ago, they're like, oh, by the way, the next engine will have carbon fiber internals, like little valves and shit, which is Dude, they, this goes all the way back to Remington. Oh, yeah. You know? And like, they're like... People don't realize this is like, you know, they see the Venenos and the Sions and they just talk shit about all these cars. Well, there's genuine the technology matters, behind The Veneno is an SV before it was an SV, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of suspension and aero shit too on it, right? The Centenario is an Aventador S before it was an Aventador S. Yeah. The Centenario also has different heads. They yeah. dyno them. They make this, a lot the more. The Sion is what this is. What this new thing. The Sion. The hybrid system is completely different. Yeah, but at it's least the, it gave you a, yeah. a, a a vision of okay, we're going hybrid for the next. Yeah. One. So yeah. the Sion was very much them kind of fucking around and finding out. Sure. And then you know the Countach. I'll be honest, it's just cash grab, even though it. It is. It's basically an ultimate though. No, very it, similar it, it's to the It's hybrid. Oh, because it does have the hybrid, doesn't it? You're yeah. right, yeah. Um, which, by the way, if anyone's like, oh, there's single clutches, they feel like, ridden in a Countach, it, it does not feel like an Aventador. Really? All that low-speed hesitation bullshit's gone. Nice. And you want to talk about launching it to 60? And boogies? Oh, it scoots. You don't... So they, it fills in the gaps at low speeds for the trans, so it's like, you shift, you don't feel it. It just scoots. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I should have kissed the dash, and yeah. I, I should have black eyes and a broken nose, and, like, you know... Go, go, go to, go to yeah, therapy like, for the rest of like, my life I should for look my neck. Like I talked about Will Smith's, Will Smith's wife, you know, at the Oscars. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you were going with that. Okay, got it. And it's like, you know, you should look. Like, you get yeah. out, and you're like, oh, my yeah. back hurts. I broke sure, this. Yeah. You know, I got the shit Looking around anatomy. like you're walking, you're walking around like Chris Rock, right? But no, it's like and it's comfy and the seats are fucking great and yeah. I mean Lamborghini sold that to customers and they're like daily this shit and he, Kevin the guy out here he does daily it. yeah I think very similar to the G80s color makes a huge difference and the one that you drove was it red? no the one I rode red? was green green you're right it's green uh, but I've seen them in red and they look fantastic in red that car I think had just had a poor launch and like me especially I'll be honest when that car yeah. came out I was like oh that's a piece that's not a Countach I still call it the new Tosh for a reason Yeah. my only issue with the car is the name and yeah. it's I, I just didn't I, look I, at I all I hated it I was fucking dog mouthing it on social media I hated that car with a passion right I ate every single one of those words when you like, got a chance to ride it yeah, yeah it's like even when I saw it I'm like okay this, this makes sense it looks cool uh, Kevin, he also has a matching, or not not matching, he has a Sion, too. Oh, he, wow. He's got that... Man of taste. Yeah. And he's getting the first Revolta in the U.S. as well. Okay. Which should be, I think, September or and October. You're, and you're 100% sure that you're allowed to mention this on the podcast. Fuck it. Hey, any publicity is good publicity. That's true. Okay. Fair enough. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so, we, we, we've gone a little over an hour and a half, and I appreciate your time. Um... I love you because you don't pull any punches. I appreciate that. That's um, the way you have to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it, it is the way that you have to be. And uh, I think that it, it takes a lot of balls to go ahead and say half the stuff that you've said tonight. Um, and I got a lot of respect for that. I do. Um, I'm sure, have these people listening and be like, he's full of shit. <laughs> I mean, you know he's what? That's their, that, that, that's their, you know, if they actually think that, then that's per, their prerogative. I've created this whole car as a poster on my wall. <laughs> um, but, 
that all being said, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for being so kind and uh, genuine, more uh, importantly. Absolutely, man. And I appreciate that. Um, and I wanted to go ahead and talk about a little bit about the Fast and Furious trailer, but we've gone so long that I think we should go ahead and leave it, save it for another time. Do you want to just keep it quick and simple? Hit me. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, I'm sorry, it just sucks. But will you or will you not be the first person in line? Oh, 100% be the first Exactly, there you go. I'm willing to tow my broken car out of my garage That's to the movie theater, which I'm so sad it doesn't work for this. I know. I will tow it to the movie theater to go see it. Yeah. Just to leave and be like, oh, cool, I saw Fast and Furious. You know, it's like, you're a car guy, you have to see it by law, even though it will fucking suck. It's going to make no sense. Just like the previous ones, like, it's not going to be about cars, it's going to be about family and yeah. stupid stunts in Hollywood. It's cringe. So my question to you is, as we finish up, where do you think they lost the plot? Where do I think they lost the plot? Yeah, as in where what, do you think what, that they... What plot? No, well, okay. We so let me, like... let, me, let, me, let me reiterate this. Where do you think they went ahead and jumped the shark? Was it Fast Five? Was it Fast Six or Furious Seven? When they made the car movie, the action movie jump? Yeah. I would say between Five and Six. I may, but I Five is at least like fantastic. Oh, Five is the best. Like As a movie, Five is the greatest, but... Between going from five and then they went to six, and you just kind of sit down in six. Like, I don't hate six, I don't love six. Yeah, it's kind of just like I think it gets a bad rap unnecessarily because I actually think it's a pretty good movie. I'm just like, listen, the worst one to me is two. I hate two, I hate two Fast and Furious. You hate it, hate because I love it, even though it's so stupid. Hate it, and same thing. R34 is like, I said, forget about it, (laughs) cuz pockets ain't empty, cuz pockets ain't empty, cuz ejecto cedo, (laughs) cuz. We hungry. <laughs> we hungry. No, yeah. Like, the first one's a classic. The right. second one, I, I, like I said, I hate the second one. The third one's Tokyo Drift. If you're a car guy and you want an enthusiast movie, the third one's the best one. The fourth one's kind of like, okay, cool. It, it's there. You know, it's a car movie. And then the fifth one is the best movie movie, period. Six is like, okay, you know, we made an action movie jump. It's it's okay. It's decent. It's not bad. It's not it's not amazing. You don't write home about it. Right. Seven, you go to see it for Paul Walker. You cry. You cry, as you should. Um, eight is, eight is. oh, wow, this isn't going to be good as seven. This movie's going to fucking suck. And then you go see Hobbs and Shaw, and you're like, why did that work? Mm-hmm. Then you see nine, and you're like, eight wasn't as bad as I fucking thought it was going to be. But and nine is also that specialness of like, you know what? It wasn't as, like, you wanted it, to, you, you weren't sure what to expect, but then you've also been waiting two years for it to finally drop because of the <laughs> pandemic, and you get in there, and you're like, you know what? I'm so happy that I went to go see it anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a physical thing, right? You're like, yeah. I'm in the movie theater. This is great. Right. And then ten, I'm sure it's going to be an absolute train wreck, just like Ohio. Here, I gotcha. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. Before we go ahead and wrap up, um, do you want to a give out your Instagram and b let's definitely plug, um, let's plug Prism because they're the shit. Oh, awesome. we'll, we'll plug Danny. Too. Yeah. Um, I would plug the gram, but there's a lot of like underscores and fucking shit in it. So just your boy Kingsley, go find yeah. your boy Kingsley. It'll pop up. It's got a little picture of like. A... Oh, it's it's a uh, it's Ugandan knuckles dressed as Jesus holding an engine rotor. Yes, that guy. Yeah, that's exactly. Where there's I... an underscore between ya, boy, and boy, and there's an underscore between boy and Kingsley. There you go. So there's that, and then uh, Prism. Where can they find Prism? Instagram. Uh, P-R-I-Z-M Auto Design mm-hmm. It's all going to be one word You're probably going to load it up You're going to probably see a sick 87 5000 QV Countach 
and some other dope shit. Yes, there's a lot of dope stuff. And it's, uh, I'm going to need you to go ahead and send me some pictures so I can go ahead and post it up for the gram when this episode drops. And uh, that's it. I'm going to try and go ahead and get out of here because yeah, it's, it's pouring. My it's, wife texted me. It's pouring. She's it's, not it's happy late. that I've been out this long. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Um, and I appreciate your time. Bullshitted for the first two hours. But it was a good comment. I know, but I'm not gonna, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to tell her that because then she's really going to get mad at me. But that all being said, Nick, thank you, man. You're the man. I can't Absolutely. wait for the RX7 to be back on the road again. 100%. And I will be one of those first 50 people. Um, I'm willing to go ahead and concede to Alex my spot because he is my homie. Um, and plus, yeah, he's my homie. He just celebrated his birthday the other day. A- Alex, I know it's going to be a couple weeks afterwards, but love you, brother. Happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday, man. That all being said, um, you can go ahead and find Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram, um, at Tormenting Tarmac, and you can go ahead and find us all over uh, wherever you can find your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, the Anchor application itself, and all that good stuff. Um, and I can't remember what episode number this is. I think this is going to be episode number... You know what? We're in the late 30s now. So that all being said, that's been Nick Kingsley. My name is Jorge Aquino. You've been listening to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. Have a wonderful night, everybody.